0: This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And It's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever.
1: Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, (laughs) let's wrap this thing up.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our latest episode of Cultivating Convos. Today, I will be a co-host, of course. My name is Megan Harshbarger, and I would like to welcome Katie Boyer back, first of all, and she will be co-hosting with me today. Welcome back, Katie. Thank you. It's good to be back after, you know, 12 weeks off with my little girl,
2: but life is good. We're all good, and it's back to be back in the saddle. Good to be back in the saddle. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and we're glad to have you. And of course, um, the baby is super cute, everyone, just so you're aware. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so today we're talking trees, specifically Christmas trees. So um, for those of you who celebrate, this should be um, an interesting interesting podcast for you. We're going to talk about Operation Evergreen, and then we're going to talk about, you know, Christmas trees sold around Ohio. So with us today, we have Amy Galehouse. She's the future, I love this title, the future official owner of <laughs> Galehouse Tree Farms. Welcome, Amy.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: And we also Hello. have uh, our Chief of the Division of Plant Health.
2: Thanks, Megan.
0: Deanne, I think
2: we're going to start with you. Let's kick things off with Operation Evergreen. This is something uh, ODA and the Ohio Christmas Tree Association has been doing for many, many years. Can you just give us a little background on what this is and what we do every year in November?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, Um, program uh, is really run by the Ohio Christmas Tree Growers Association and uh, we at ODA have been supplying a, a central location for tree drop-off, and then our inspectors are are involved uh, in order to ship the trees overseas uh, to our, our troops serving overseas. Uh, they need to have an inspection, um, so it's a great program that that uh, we're lucky to to have um, a role uh, with at ODA. Um, but yeah, it's it's aimed at getting Ohio Christmas trees uh, overseas to our our men and women serving.
0: So, Amy, I want to bring you in because you do help coordinate this event. Um, mm-hmm. I guess talk to us about why it's important that you know we continue to do to do this every year and how big it's gotten over the last you know several it's, years.
1: Uh- Yeah, it's uh, we originally started discussing this in them on the board in 1994, believe it or not. And in 1995, we collected the first trees. We had several veterans on the board who, when it was brought up, the project was brought up to us. They said it's a fantastic idea, they can remember being away from home during their service years and service time. And when they got anything from home, even if it was in crumbs, I believe that's what uh. The one one gentleman said he didn't care. They'd lick the wrapper and it was from home. That was all that was important. And and they the sentiment was true because mostly veterans on our board um, said it was important for us to do this. So we had started, I think the first couple of years, I think we only sent like 20, 29 trees. We had sent as many as 300, but we're now average about a hundred mainly because there's a, a cost involved okay. in it for us. But uh, we've been doing it since then. It's 27 years we've been sending trees overseas. Originally, Bosnia and Kosovo, and then we switched over into the southeastern S- S- theater in Kuwait. So now they go into the central receiving area in Kuwait, and they're distributed out to the troops from there.
0: Can you talk about? You know, we have dozens of volunteers that come to ODA campus, you know, every year mm-hmm. to help pack the trees and um, put some mm-hmm. special decorations in. Can you talk about
1: that process too? Uh, Depending on who's available, we usually have probably 15 to 20 growers down there. A lot of them are veterans who come to to help us out. And then we have several school groups. And then we have some people who live in the uh, Columbus area who have helped us every year. They show up and we get uh, ornaments and so on donated from schools. We get them donated from... Uh, scout troops uh, I even have I've had uh, parents of young men who are serving overseas bring us handmade ornaments to stick in the boxes um, and that started really because we're sending the trees and somebody said they need decorations so now we have people handmaking decorations and we we put them in the boxes with the trees so they can be shipped overseas so they can decorate the tree when they get them on, on the uh, on their side so it's That's, lots of fun so cool, cool it's so things. much fun
2: It's it's a great way to kick off the holiday season every year, I feel like. And we always have a blast. And it's usually pretty cold. I think this year it was finally a little warmer for once.
1: No, in 27 years, I think we've only been rained on three times. It it can be anywhere from 50 to 32 degrees.
2: Yeah, That's good for Ohio because you never know what it's going to be like day to day.
1: Not November.
2: Yep, yep. You mentioned our inspectors are there helping what are they looking for when they're looking at these trees
3: so they're they're looking for um we're when we ship products overseas we're we're kind of the eyes for those countries receiving so we we um are doing a what's called a phytosanitary inspection so we're looking for bugs insect pests um like scales that can be um on the needles of the trees or uh, egg masses from other pests that could be on, you know, inside the branches on the bark of the tree, um, and uh, and and our job is to make sure none of those those bugs or plant diseases make their way over to the other the receiving country.
0: And I think uh, we were clear this year, yes, Dan.
3: Yeah, really nice trees this year. Uh, we didn't didn't have to reject any of them, uh, which is is always a plus.
2: And when should the um, soldiers be getting the Christmas trees? How long does that process typically take?
1: We we shipped them out uh, November seventeenth. It takes ten days to two weeks. I've got notifications that they should be in Kuwait by the second. They should be there by Thursday, this week. Awesome. So Plenty of time to decorate for them. Depending on how they deliver, quite often they go from Columbus to Chicago to Paris and into Kuwait. But they've been known to go from Columbus to Chicago over the pole into Qatar and then into Kuwait. It's kind of interesting. I never know until I see the flight information as to which way they're going. That's well, Mount speaking Porter.
2: of the North Pole, we're, I know a lot of <laughs> people who do celebrate Christmas are getting ready. That was to- a great segue, Katie. <laughs> i I had to i couldn't help continue continue so if you are celebrating christmas you might um be thinking about getting your christmas tree and uh amy you at gale house tree farm you guys that's what you do right you you do christmas trees you want to talk about that
1: we grow Christmas trees full-time, full-time year-round. We also sell them B&B in the spring and the fall for folks for planting. But we have done this since 1932, selling trees. So we're maybe one of 10 or 15 farms in, in Ohio that do it full-time. Everybody else, it's their secondary job or third third job. But uh, we plant anywhere from 12 to 20,000 trees a year, depending on what we need in the ground. We have to clear that much ground ahead of time. And at this time of year, we're pretty busy with customers coming in. So Thanksgiving weekend is usually the big weekend. that starts up for most people uh, at the lots and the other cut cut your own farms are usually opening on Thanksgiving weekend. We're open a little bit earlier because we have a spring an open house in the beginning of the month. And then we run people through the the shot gift shop. We have a gift shop here on the farm. And uh, they come and see the reindeer and they come and uh, sometimes we see people three times during a season because they come to the open house, check out the rain, come to get their Christmas tree. Then they bring their grandkids back to see the reindeer and explain about Santa and Christmas and so on. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. Uh, Christmas tree sales this year have been the last three years have increased for most of the choose and cut operations. Uh, The uh, trees themselves, supplies of trees, people keep asking us this question. Uh, is there a shortage of trees? And the answer is a yes and a no. If you're on a choose and cut farm, there isn't a shortage of trees. If you have a lot, you could be an issue because we, in 2008, and 2009, during the recession, a lot of growers quit planting trees. And since it takes about 15 years for trees, especially firs, to get up to saleable size here in the United States, it's there's a, a lull. There's a kind of a hole in the supply chain for folks so if you're on a choose and cut farm you've had lots of customers if you have a lot it's tough to get wholesale trees right now to sell for this year it may be two years before their quality their volume uh, and things that are available for them will come back up to snuff um so we ha- i've had people get trees out of nova scotia wisconsin minnesota um some in northern uh, pennsylvania but most of the places in Ohio, uh, we're a deficit state. In other words, we sell many more trees than we grow. So we know a lot of trees are shipped into the state for resale on lots. That's really where the Christmas shortage comes from our point of view. Uh, it, it doesn't affect me as a choose and cut operator, but it does affect those people who repurchase tree, purchase trees to resell them on lots. That's really where the shortage is. There's still lots of trees. You easily can find one that'll suit you. It may not be the exact variety you want. It gives you an opportunity to try something new and different. Um, The most favorite tree right now that people want, they call it the Cadillac of trees, is a Fraser fir. The problem is they don't grow as well in Ohio as the Canaan fir do. Uh, Fraser fir like north-facing, well-drained slopes. That does not describe Ohio, but Canaan fir like lowland, wet, sticky soils. So that's the variety of fir that you'll find quite often here in the state of Ohio. And uh, you'll find them on a lot of the farms here in our area.
0: We're definitely a Frazier for family.
1: <laughs> we get a big, like a nine or 10 footer, I think, usually. Well, nine, 10 foot's not too bad. A lot of places will have them that size. My problem is a nine and 10 footer is something that's almost 20 years old. That's my problem. And I have a lot of people in the area who have put in these huge homes with big, big 22 foot ceilings they want an 18 to 20 foot tree oh and then i had to know a quarter of a century ago that they wanted a tree that was 15 to 18 feet tall um, and it's really right. hard to, to guess on the market i'm planting trees now for 2030 it's like if oh i'm God. lucky 2030 2030 2035 that's what i'm planning this next year so um, wow. I, it's really hard to tell you what the market's going to be 10, 15 years from now. Uh, what they want are trees that take longer to grow. We used to grow scotch pine and white pine that come up and they're saleable in 10 years. Now it's 14 years, 12 to 14 years to get a fur out. And Blue Spruce Farm in about the same category also. So that's it. Wow. So Amy, you can add,
2: <laughs> you add fortune teller to your resume as well then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not I'm not looking at what I'm gonna sell next year. I have to look at what I'm gonna sell 15 to 20 years from now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize it took that that long. It's, for furs, it takes that long. Blue spruce are that long. Pines a little bit faster. Actually, canane fir grow almost as fast as Norway spruce. And Norway spruce grow pretty fast here in Ohio. Um, Norway spruce and white pine are what they call an endemic tree here in the state of Ohio. They grow naturally in this area, so they're very happy in our soils. But white pine of long, soft, soft branches and needles and people want to put heavy ornaments they have difficulty with them and norway spruce is a nice stiff needle tree it's great but it's life in the house is very short two weeks maybe three if you're lucky uh on a norway spruce we don't usually cut them before december 10th for your sale here on the farm makes sense you want that puppy to go till new years well people keep getting their trees earlier and earlier now so if they're going to come out and get their tree the weekend before thanksgiving they really should be looking for furs and uh, this week, people are coming out for blue spruce, and about two weeks from now, my Norway spruce and white spruce people will show up looking for the old-fashioned traditional tree. They're only going to put in the house for a couple of weeks and throw it back out on New Year's. It's usually what happens.
3: And Megan, it's pretty tough to tell the difference between a canane fir and a Fraser, a Fraser. Spruce, So you could probably get you could probably pass the family with the canane.
1: <laughs> I might have gotten I one I can tell you have some part. I know <laughs> they branch differently and if you're really good and you got to handle it you flip them over and, and you, can, you can count the lines of stomata on the underside of the needles but that's that's a little tough for to explain to a customer
0: <laughs> yeah so Dan can you is there forgive me for this question but like, what's the relationship with division of plant health and then tree farms like how, how do, do we fit in anywhere
3: yeah we we do um as um, so Amy mentioned that they they sell B and b trees which are you know, dug trees that are intended planted in in people's yards and so that's nursery stock under Ohio law and uh and so we inspect um, any tree farm that that's plans to to do uh, to sell nursery stock um and a lot of times we also inspect the farms that just do cut trees uh, because they may need, um, certification for different pests of concern like gypsy moth um, and in the future possibly spotted lantern fly So we would set up a, a compliance agreement so they can have a quick inspection and and try to make sure that those trees are clean if they're going uh, to other parts of Ohio or a lot of times these trees end up in other states. And so we we help meet those requirements as well.
1: Yep, got to do
0: that every year. Dan, what kind of tree do you get? Do you get a tree, a live tree?
3: Yeah, I think we usually uh, get a canane fir. Um and uh I don't know what we're gonna do this year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know I think we're gonna have to go get one this weekend. I just don't know where or what. (laughs) You know, growing up,
2: the only tree I knew we got was the gosh darn Christmas tree because it could never go straight. My dad couldn't ever get it straight, so he'd go, gosh darn it. it So I don't know what I don't know what kind it was, but I have two dogs now, so we, we haven't had a live one in a few years, but we're going to get back to it. I always have a live wreath, if nothing else, because I love
1: that but, smell. Yeah, the traditional oh, the Christmas pine. trees changed over the years. Um, long time ago, it was Norway spruce with very short needles because people yes. only put their trees in the house for a couple of years. Then it switched to red pine and scotch pine because yeah. they hold their needles very long, but they're big, big yeah. heavy branches, but they don't have as many branches as they would like. And then people decided they want to put blue spruce in, and now in the last... 15 20 years fir have become very popular because their needle retention is much longer than the Norway spruce and they do a little bit better than blue spruce absolutely That's that's why it's changed people put their trees up longer and keep them longer and that's why they're switching to fir. so Amy this is your busy time you said you know
0: the last weekend was crazy what do you yeah. expect to see for the next couple of weeks
1: well our 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 crowds come in, in in different types of people come at different times. Thanksgiving weekend are the people who want to decorate and get their big trees up and get it all done. And uh, they come out with their families. The next weekend should be lots of families and the size of the trees comes down. And then the third weekend, we have the ho, ho, ho customers. They come out singing Christmas carols and having a good old time. And it just, it changes over a period. Uh, over the period of the season. So we have lots of different customers. So Thanksgiving weekend and the two weekends after that are usually our busiest. Then a lot of the cheese and cut operations close down about the 15th of December. We stay open through the 23rd. So we pick up some of the later customers, especially those who have children coming back from school or college and their, their breaks are later. And that is usually the later crowd that we have or people who uh, don't have as much money or they get paid by monthly, uh, and and they come in late, later in the, in the season to pick out trees for themselves. And that's why we have evening hours, so people who work can come out in the evening.
0: Very good. We wish you a very busy season, of course. <laughs> Anything else, guys, you want to add or should we talk about? What have we missed? Are we good? I think we got it all. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to wrap up. Well, Amy and Dan, thank you both for talking Operation Evergreen and Christmas tree sales. Great time of the year.
1: Thank you. It is. Thank you.
0: We'll see you guys next time on Cultivating Combos. Thanks for joining.
2: Cultivating Combos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up to date news about agriculture in Ohio.